Mark Graben and Jamie Flinchball are two guys drinking whiskey while chatting about lean ideas, experiences, and news. Let's hope they hold their liquor because they're not holding back on sharing their opinions. It's time for Lean Whiskey, Lean Talk with a Fun Spirit. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 31 of Lean Whiskey. I'm Mark Graben, and we are joined today, joined first today by Jamie Flinchball. Good to see you, Mark. Where in the world have you been? <laughs> I um, had an opportunity to do a trip that was delayed from last year because of the pandemic. It was supposed to be a trip for my mother-in-law's uh, 70th birthday, and we were finally able to, to do it. We traveled to France. So instead of visiting distilleries, as I like to do on some trips, we were fortunate to be able to visit wineries, uh, Gemba visits, if you will in the Burgundy region uh, for three days, and then in the Champagne region for three days. So I, I love tasting the wines and meeting the winemakers, but I got to watch a automated champagne bottling operation mm. for a few wow. minutes. So that was my engineer highlight of the week <laughs> because it's, it's, it's freezing the top of the bottle. The bottles are upside down. It's freezing the top of the bottle. So the captured yeast gets ejected. So then uh, a different robot flips the bottle, pops off the cork, the, the ice and the yeast shoot out, a thing refills, tops up the bottle, and then corks it and then wraps the cage around it and foils it and labels it. And it's it's like a little engineer geek dream. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta automate that stuff. So uh, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. Um, yeah. Well, we've, you know, we've detoured into coffee. Uh, and, and I know you detoured into gin with, with a guest host and, mm -hmm. you know, we haven't detoured into wine, which of course we both enjoy. So maybe that's a future, uh, a, a future, uh, uh, detour for us, but, uh, not that we're, not that we're getting bored with whiskey because no. that's the beauty of whiskey. How could you ever get bored with all these different flavors and tastes? So, well, I, I recorded an episode of my favorite mistake earlier with a guy who is a sommelier and he's he's almost at the very top tier of the uh, the master of wine certification of which there are only like 60 of them in the United States. So I did drink a small not a huge glass but I did drink a glass of wine with him 2 hours ago because he was and that was the right. part of the topic of the episode. <laughs> but as he said like when 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 people say I don't like wine. He's like, well, it probably means you just haven't found wine that resonates with you yet because wine like whiskey, it's such a broad category. It is. I, I do believe there's some people that just wine isn't their thing, but I, but I, but I also think, yes, you haven't found the right one for, for many people. Um, did you discover any, I mean, any new surprises or, or discoveries in your, in your travels? Well, it, we were revisiting regions we had been to before, there were some sub parts, like there was a, a sub part of um, Burgundy that we hadn't been to before. There was a Southern part of the Champagne region, the Cote de Blanc that we hadn't visited mm. before. Okay. Um, so you know, it was a combination of going back to a couple places we had been before and visiting new um, 
new producers, but, you know, it's just, it's so nice when you get to meet the family member who, you know, eighth generation or 13th generation, it's, it's such a part of the DNA and some of these families that's, that's really special. Oh, very, that's very, very cool. Um, yeah, that sounds like a neat trip. Um, someday I maybe, maybe we'll, we'll do the same thing, but, uh, don't know when that'll quite happen. Just getting back to Napa, which of course is, you know, up skipping a jump for you, but uh, just getting back to Napa would be a, a good, a good opportunity for me. So, yeah. um, so how about you? You've been back on the road a little bit. Yeah, very little bit. Um, I, my new model is definitely not to travel like I used to, uh, for sure. But I, I am in currently in Lexington, Kentucky, and in, in Bourbon Country. Uh, actually, drove down um, long drive, but you know uh, all the headaches that I'm used to dealing with with flights. You have none of those, so that's that's the beautiful thing. Um, so I'm here for a few days, and uh, you know when you drive, you can bring your bring your whiskey with you. Without, yeah. I mean, you can if you check your luggage too, but it's right. quite quite easy if you drive because you don't have to pack as tight. Um, so yeah, I brought brought some whiskey with me and and been working in my hotel room all day. And uh, nice nice way to to cap off um, uh, cap off the day. And uh, we're actually recording this uh, just after Repeal Day, which mm-hmm. is the anniversary of the repeal of. Um, uh, prohibition, which was, uh, uh, you know, a, a, an interesting time for the country uh, and for the, uh, yeah. the whiskey business. I would call it a great national mistake that was thankfully undone. Was it 14 years later? Uh, I think 13, but 13. I, 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 I could have that wrong. Uh, but I, I think what's, what's, what's interesting is, um, you know, when they originally wrote this, they they thought it would uh, basically eliminate uh, poverty and mental <laughs> mental health issues. Like yeah. that was that was what this was about. Like we're going to eliminate mental health issues and we're going to eliminate poverty by by banning drinking. And and that's not at all what happened. So. Yeah, I, I read a book about prohibition, and there, there was this this unlikely coalition of different groups with different motivations and interests from the medical to the religious and what have you, but um, you're in Lexington, Kentucky, any distillery visits or any chances to try a new bourbon while you're there? Uh, perhaps at dinner when I, when I go out with a group, um, you know, every place here has a full page menu. Yeah. Um, none of these uh, typical menus that you see when you go the same menu you see at every restaurant, <laughs> Uh, where I look at it and I go, yeah, this is an original. Um, but this, you know, here you get lots and lots of choices. So I'm sh- I won't get any distillery visits in. I have looked before. It's it's actually quite hard these these days because they do require scheduling, most yeah. of them at least. And, um, you know, if you get here on a weekend, it's a good chance they're booked pretty well out. So, um, uh, so yeah, I have not done that. Um, didn't really have a lot of time. Uh, either but uh before i leave there is a a good store down the road and possible i visit them but uh um but you know instead i'll at least i'll at least enjoy uh uh, enjoy some whiskey um and my drink will actually tie into prohibition here in a bit but i'll I'll wait till (laughs) 
Yeah. Wait till we do that I, reveal. Here I, I, I did Google it. I think we're, we could say we were both right about the 13 or 14 years because prohibition was okay. January 1920 to December 1933. So it's 13 okay. calendar years, but really almost almost a full 14 years. Okay. So, well, Gotcha. We both get a point for that. How's that? That's that's fair. <laughs> um, so then when it comes to drinking and, and the format tonight's going to be a little bit different at uh, Jamie's as uh, Jamie's innovation here. So uh, I'll let you introduce that. Well, I don't know if it's innovation, but it's an experiment <laughs> and, and yeah. it's a little different. And we like to take, you know, take some chances with this particular show. So we are going to have some guests come, come in and out uh, short, short visit guests. Um, but since we're recording this in December, uh, it was kind of a good time to think about, you know, from a lean thinker standpoint, how do you wrap up the year and how do you start the new year? Right. And so what are some of those habits and best practices? And and so along that theme, um, we thought, why not also finish a bottle or start a bottle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so you'll be starting a bottle. I'll be finishing a bottle. I think a couple of our guests might be in the same uh, be in the same boat. Um, but, but I've actually been finishing a few bottles. I kind of looked at my, my shelf and like, Oh, there's a lot of things that are near completion. So let me, let me turn that into a project (laughs) and, and finish (laughs) some things. So, so I am starting with my last two ounces of, of Larceny, um, Larceny small batch, weeded bourbon, um, it's it you know it's the the John Fitzgerald larceny, mm-hmm. and this is the tie this is the tie into prohibition, mm-hmm. is that John Fitzgerald was a, uh, a I guess a treasury agent or a, uh, I always forget his yeah he's a treasury agent so he actually had because there were distilleries that were still allowed to make uh, make bourbon for medicinal purposes which right. who knows what that meant quote but, unquote you know, medicinal quote unquote right. Um, maybe it was they were for, feared in this part of the country uh, another uh, another uprising, but um, but so he was a treasury agent. He was the only person legally allowed to carry the keys to the rickhouses, mm-hmm. and apparently decided to to take some of his own. So several of the barrels ended up light, <laughs> and they all happened to be the weeded bourbons, and they became they became known as. Uh, as Fitzgerald barrels, mm-hmm. uh, because it was it was the ones to his liking, and so he he stole as a treasury agent he stole mm-hmm. a whole bunch of weeded bourbon, and so uh, they 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 kind of leveraged that name, and of course the name larceny um, mm-hmm. uh, so fitting, and uh, so it's a it's a weeded weeded bourbon coming in at ninety two. Now their barrel barrel strength or or uh, version of this. Was actually whiskey of the year, not the yeah. small batch one, but the uh, the cast yeah. strength or barrel strength. Um, but it's still, still, you know, I like a I like a weeded bourbon. I have to admit, mm-hmm. um, not that I dislike a non weeded bourbon. Right. Just well, <laughs> Ga- uh, Garrison Brothers is a weeded bourbon, for example. Yes, that's right. They're good friends. So yeah, Larceny is a really good value because uh, it's not outrageously expensive. Um, no, so. It's not. Um, our first guest is in the waiting room, but I'll, I'll briefly explain what I'm going to be opening and I'll open it as uh, as he arrives. So what I'm opening is something I mentioned in a previous episode. This was my Ralph's random uh, store selection that I was able to find here in California. Um, I don't mean to gloat about it, but it's the Yamazaki 12. 
that I bought for 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 it at a great price of seventy four ninety nine. I've seen it when I when I've seen it in other stores um, recently. It's often marked up to double that or three times that, and I got yeah. it basically for suggested real t- retail price. And um, I'm going to open that and enjoy that a lot here. Yeah, that's that's a find. Um, so it's I mean it's a good whiskey. But it's also, you know, quite the bragging rights to be able to buy it at, at, at such a good price. So, so um, a little Japanese whiskey here, of course. Yeah. So our guests that we're going to invite in here, um, and we'll, we'll just we'll pop them in here in just a second. But uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, as our theme um, uh, routines and habits and practices for wrapping up the year and starting a new year. So we invited three past guests on the show to, to join us each for just a little bit. And, uh, and, and they're going to come in and, 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 and share a drink with us and, and also uh, um, share a little bit about their practices. And then we'll, we'll, uh, you and I will react to their ideas as well as talk about some of our own. So that's our, that's our theme for the day. So why don't you, uh, why don't you let in our first guest? All right. So, and then, and we're going to leave, uh, this is a teaser, I guess, of our final two guests. We'll, we'll, we'll leave. Yeah. Them we'll, we'll reveal them as wondering. They, we will reveal them as they show up. All right. So I'm clicking the admit button. I don't know if that ding dong came, comes through in the recording. I, I you know, who, who knows, but I think there's, people there's, are used to it by now. Oh gosh. We hear that noise. Too much. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jamie. You look infinitely more comfortable in that location. <laughs> I, I, I am. I am. I am comfortable um, after a long day sitting in another chair at a desk. I, I am trying to relax. Relax. Um, so, our uh, thanks for joining us. We have Jim Benson um, with us uh, oh. today. So, welcome, Jim. Um, uh, first, uh, what are you? What are you drinking tonight? I am bringing uh, a bottle of uh, Kohana uh, rum from uh, Hawaii. Hmm. Uh, It's a small company, uh, a small distillery uh, just outside of uh, Honolulu in uh, Kunaya. And uh, they grow 30 uh, heritage types of uh, sugarcane, like some that had been nearly extinct. And okay. they press those into different kinds of rum. And so downstairs and on my uh, shelf, I have a whole row of it. And it looks like a Pantone, <laughs> uh, a Pantone uh, uh, map of, of, of rum. And yeah, that's a, a, they are that's phenomenal. A, that looked like a dark rum. Did I see yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's quite dark. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll, we'll have to uh, talk to my friends at Crayola. They did a, um, they did a special series of, of the, you know, basically flesh tone uh, colors of the world, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a diversity crayon set, which is very popular and very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So maybe they should do a, a, a rum or a whiskey uh, uh, set of, of, of crayons for, you know, for the kids. So. <laughs> uh, I, th- I um, think that, I think that, yeah. and the scented ones. Yeah. And scented. Yeah. And, you know, taste yeah. that's, that's probably going beyond. So, uh, so Jim, did you eat? Uh, did you eat crayons as a kid, Jamie? Is that what you're saying? I have no idea. I wouldn't. I, I, I I'm sure. I a cobbler. 
It's all a blur. <laughs> sure, I ate many things I shouldn't have, as I still do. Um, like tonight, for example. Like tonight. Uh, that's uh, so, Jim. You're you're a master of personal mastery. Um, uh, you know the, the personal kanban uh, and the teaching that you do, and how to how to be you know focused and and efficient and all these other things. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it's from your teaching or from your own, you know, we don't always practice what we preach. Um, <laughs> I, I, I suspect you're you're better than most. Um, but I uh, wanted to hear, you know, what, what routines and, and practices you have for either wrapping up the year or, or kicking off a new one. Mm. So it's uh, we, we actually had this conversation just today <laughs> uh, in, in our huddle because we're trying to figure out what of these particular topics we want to talk about uh, just in blog posts and stuff uh, coming up over the over the new year. And um, what's been interesting is we have a new communications director. And so she sees all of the stuff that we're doing from a completely new lens. And we're seeing it from not our jaded lens, but maybe, you know, 25 lenses stacked on top of each other, you know, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) kind of like we're we're stumbling around uh, the library in New York after the Holocaust, after the Armageddon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And um, uh, so the things that we came up with today or the things that we we had described today to, to her were... Uh, what we do normally, obviously, you know, visualize your work and limit your whip and all of that fun stuff, but just to work with other people that almost no, no lean journey happens because you have a lean person mm-hmm. <laughs> and people tend to not stick with improvements when it's just them. You know, whether mm-hmm. you have a workout buddy or, or what have you, uh, I know that when uh, when David Anderson and I lived a few blocks from each other, we worked out every morning because neither of us could not show up. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then after, nah, <laughs> it's been, it's been much less, much less stick to So the collaboration thing for me is big is if you are going to undertake something, find a team, find another person, find an online group, you know, whatever, whatever it is, involve other people in it. Yeah. So that's, that's good. That's that you would, you would call that a, a company reflection or a personal reflection? Well, both. Uh, so, you know, our, our, our tagline has always been performance through collaboration. So we've always been right. thinking about it, right. uh, but um, today it was very much a company thing. So not just what we had been doing, but what were we going to do in the new year to, to enhance these things. And another one of the things that we're tossing back and forth is, is 2022 going to be 2020, 20, 2021 again? Mm. <laughs> uh, are we going to do that again? Uh, or are we actually going to be able to get on airplanes and see other human beings and, and stuff like that? Cause you know, I, I haven't seen either of you in over two years. Right. <laughs> in person. Except like this. So, yeah, so that's interesting. So, so one thing I take away from, uh, 
from what you're saying is as you think about where you are as a company and what you were, what you want to go do differently, you don't just have one big meeting to do that. You're using your huddles to, to, to bounce it around, to go back and forth, to play with the idea and see where it takes you and, and trying to, uh, trying to let the themes and the, the new goals sort of, I'll say emerge mm-hmm. out of the, out of a series of conversations, rather one big, you know, annual planning, sit down kind of thing. hundred percent, hundred percent. Every obeya, every visual control, every huddle is a steering and collaboration and um, emergent knowledge opportunity. Mm-hmm. And what we found over COVID is that our cl- all of our clients are now, so it's like it's 1993 again, and everybody's into knowledge management. <laughs> uh, but it's happening because no one can talk to each other conveniently, even with Slack. So now everybody's like, well, how can we set up a knowledge base to do this? Or how can we record our, our agreements or our, our decisions and, and things like that? And that's kind of the, the crux of it is do people have the information they need to act? And we're learning just how much of that information came from other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I like what you said. It's, it's it reflects some of my conversations too. I've I've definitely had some some knowledge management. You know, where do you store stuff, and how does everybody access it? Kind of discussions, and yeah, it feels like the '90s all over again. And um, why do people care? So it's hmm. like they're like, well, we want to set this up with this format, and I'm like, are you ever going to use it? Right. <laughs> well, and that's and that is, you know, I, I do think, you know, not to not to go down this rabbit hole, but. People are looking to to solve it in one one fell swoop. Right, we're yep. just gonna the ultimate knowledge management system, as opposed hmm. to you know incrementalism of what's the well, best thing for this nugget of information. Yep. Um, I mean that type of approach. At this point, is it? I mean, are they calling it like you know knowledge four point yes, that right. sounds that sounds sexy somehow. It's um, yeah. you're gonna take the red pill or the blue pill or the lean pill. and um so we've been working over the last year in trying to introduce knowledge workers to the concept of an obeya at all right and um it's worked surprisingly well i shouldn't be too surprising because they that's one of the few things that actually work but i don't think that what people get is that the room doesn't solve the problem you entering the room <laughs> right and and either updating Engaging something them. or taking something away that's what solves the problem and once once people get there then it's 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 really interesting to to watch it's it's a beautiful thing to watch what you mean well, is people solve problems which is the hey. new book the new book by Jamie Flinchbaugh available now Available now in any format you like. Yes. Uh, problems maybe. don't solve problems. People solve problems. <laughs> yes, and it's and it's a follow-up book. People are the problem. Uh, That's right. <laughs> everybody, everybody keeps wanting me to write that one, but I, I'm working on a book right now called "Whiskey Solves Problems." Right. Whiskey, whiskey, <laughs> temporarily, but but boy, does it. Uh, <laughs> so we we only have you for for. A brief period here, Jim, because because we're on rapid fire guest appearances. But well, it's the Tonight Show format. It's a Tonight Show format, except there's no <laughs> musical. 
I was going to say there's no musical guests, but there could be if we just, you know. If, if, if Jim's right. got a keyboard. I would be the only one who could hear it, but. Uh, Th- that's fine, but. <laughs> it would be fine. Well, and I think instead of slide down the couch, I think we're, you, you're leaving the stage. Is that how we're managing this? That's what I assumed. Yeah. That, I do want to ask. Yeah, I do want to ask about, you know, this idea of is 2022 going to be 2021 again? Um because obviously we don't know, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's lots of lots of predictions, and half of them are really bad, and half of them are really good. But um, in your in your system as an organization of dynamic planning and high cadence, and you know, not getting too far ahead of yourselves, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll I'll ask it bluntly: Does it matter? Um, or are you set up to adjust no matter what happens? Well, yeah, we've ad- unfortunately, uh, in some ways, we've adjusted really well. Um, so we've gotten more product out the door in the last two years than in the previous, you know, maybe 10. Uh, so 2010 and 2011 were really, really good for output but it was good for output because we didn't have any work (laughs) (laughs) then after the output came tons of work and that became a problem in and of itself because it meant you couldn't produce anything anymore um we've had great clients and we've worked really well over zoom the problem is you know like i would like to see you guys and give you a hug and i would like to eat dinner with you and i would like for you to stop being rows of LEDs. It's really convincing. You look almost exactly like Mark, right? (laughs) But, um, but that's the thing for me that's been the hardest is the personal thing has been hard. The keeping the business model up for us has actually been better than ever. So we, I'm never going back to the flying three weeks out of four thing again. Yeah. Never. And, And uh, a minute ago, you said 2010 and 2011. You meant 2020 and 2021. No, no, no. Wait, you're saying oh, a decade ago was yeah. Awesome. When we wrote <laughs> Personal Kanban and uh, the other three first books, that was awesome. But th- this last year, we've had more. We we've been working from four o'clock in the morning to to like five o'clock at night every day because yeah, our you, clients are in Germany, right? <laughs> yeah, because you, so yeah. you've been busy both with client work and with product output yeah uh whereas in the past it was one or the other Uh, yeah they were they were mutually exclusive because you couldn't be in the same place here we're in the same place to do both but it was always an either or otherwise you know it's really hard to you know work on product with other people when you're on a 737 or something awesome well any last nuggets uh to share about wrapping up the year or kicking off the new one my last task for this year is to finish the next book, <laughs> um, which is um, uh, about collaborative management, mm-hmm. uh, theoretically called either do it together or something else. I can't remember what the other idea was, the other, but it's 11 chapters long and there are seven chapters done. It's taken five years to write because mm-hmm. I started writing it. And then started working with like dream client. And it's like one of those clients that when you get in, you're like, whoa, I'm going to teach them things, but they're going to teach me the same amount of things. 
Right. So, so and then when that was all done, jumped into that. And then the second thing that we're about to do is release our class in, um, in problem solving. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, it sounds very coordinate with your book. So it's like, don't expect the A3 to solve your problem for you, but that you need a group of people to approach it. And, and we have uh, suggestions on how to do that. And um, that's, that's my thoughts. Otherwise, the only other thing is just uh, everybody be responsible, care about other people. Don't be a jerk. That's my hope for people yeah. for 2022. That's, that's, that's fair. So uh, thank you, Jim. I appreciate you sharing. I'm, I'm really excited to hear about the book and, and the course. And, and it really does sound like, like uh, you guys have not, not been a victim uh, and, and just gone out and done which, what needed to be done. So, so well, well done to you and the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a, a weird couple of years. And uh, I guess the last thing was that yesterday, um, a friend of ours, Hakan Fors from, um, uh, from Sweden, mm-hmm. came in to see a Seahawks game with us. And we oh, were wow. very worried because the Seahawks have been, let's just say, success challenged this year. <laughs> and uh, it was a fantastic game and it was the perfect one for them to have spent thousands of dollars to come see. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's a wonderful lean guy and we had a, a nice lean, lean, lean football game. Okay. <laughs> I, I think of him for the Legoization, the Lego version of yep. the famous drawing of uh, the cart with square with wheels square and wheels. the person trying to offer the round wheel and square wheel cart guy says, no, sorry, too busy. Don't have the time. <laughs> so so my wife asked me, you know, is, who is he and why is he famous? And I just picked up the thing and said, <laughs> Alexa images Hakan Force Lego. <laughs> And all these images come up on the screen. I was like, that's a con. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, awesome. I, I'm, well, thank you guys. I will let you get on to the next person who has now been sitting for two minutes wondering if they've been abandoned. No, no I can chat with this person in the uh, the waiting room. I've learned that's a Zoom feature. <laughs> I learned a new Zoom feature after that's almost right. two years of Zoom. Skills yeah. building. <laughs> I probably just released it yesterday. So. <laughs> Well, all right, Jim. Che- all Jim, right. cheers, cheers, to guys. You. Cheers. See you in a bit. All right. All right. We're gonna we're gonna jump on right on to our next guest, right? Here comes our next guest. We have that Zoom delay, of course, where the, the Zoom process of joining. In. And is your audio connected? Yes, it should be. Can you hear me? Oh, yep. We can. Hey. Hello, hello. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Mark. I I uh, I sh- I should have, I should have thought, you know, of course we're asking you to bring a whiskey and make a whiskey selection, but I was also curious about what glasses selection you would be making. So, <laughs> And that's typically what I know you look for. And I picked these glasses tonight, especially for you, Jamie. I like them. I like Thank them. You. They are, they are bold and, and, and you, Coming and going, they have they have you know style on top and bottom. It's very cool. You, you can't go wrong with tortoise and red. It's a yeah. perfect combination. Well, I might be able to go wrong, but but it works for you. 
Okay, thank you. So, so joining us to play traffic cop here as people are coming in and out of our episode today is Deandra Wardell. Hey, Deandra. Hey, Mark. Hi, everyone. And hey, Jamie. You, you can learn more about Deandra and her work, deandrawardell.com or rootcauseracism.com are two good places to go. Absolutely. Yep, and a, and another uh, previous guest uh, guest host on our on our, our podcast, uh, which we enjoyed enjoyed quite a bit. So, uh, uh, Deandra, before we before we get into uh, our, our main topic, what are what are we drinking tonight? So tonight I have a symbolic drink, and it's and I'm drinking it in a symbolic glass. Mm, so nice. I'm drinking Old Pogue. And the glass I have, it's uh, the state of Kentucky is etched in it. Uh And I also, I'll hold it a little closer. And I also have a piece of craft ice that's in the shape of a rose that's in this glass. So it's a whole (laughs) theme going on with my beverage for the evening. Very cool. Very good. I, uh, I, I, I peeked back. It was almost exactly a year ago, Deandra. It was December 17th of last year. Episode 23 for anybody who wants to go back and uh, oh, yeah. listen to that episode. Wow, it feels like a lot longer than a year ago, but <laughs> you know, time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. And when you're so, uh, yeah, well, yeah, and time goes goes either really fast or really slow, and you're drinking <laughs> drinking whiskey. I guess it's supposed to go slow. Uh, yeah, you do it right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so our, our topic, uh, you know, this is our our, our December episode, um, and uh, uh, as a theme, as we're headed into the end of the year, is wrapping up kind of a lean thinker's view on wrapping up the old year and kicking off the new year. And so we thought we'd have some guests come on and talk about any habits, practices, routines, or just good intentions that... <laughs> that folks have either to wrap up the old year or to kick off the new year. And so, um, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're very active, you know, Kata coach and uh, very strategic and, and, and visionary and thought, boy, there's, there's, there's no chance you don't have an answer to this question. So, uh, so we thought we'd invite you on and find out what those answers are. Okay. Well, thank you for the invitation. And you're exactly right. The end of the year um, is a, a, a huge time of reflection for me and celebration. And that's something that we promote in the lean community as we're looking to improve processes and all the, the great improvements that we're making and the transformative change that's taking place. It's also important to pause and reflect and celebrate the wins, no matter the size. And to think about the people who have been involved with the evolution of those processes. So um, also, this is a milestone birthday year for me. So all year long, I've, I've been reflecting and celebrating and planning ahead. But specifically right now, and I talked about the there's symbolism in the beverage that I selected. So um, this particular... Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey was a gift to me um, from one of my close friends, Vanessa Moore. And we also happen to be in the same nonprofit organization where we do a lot of community work and we volunteer together. 
The other thing about this bourbon is that it is, Old Pogue is a family brand. It's distilled in Barchtown. And so my family is from Barchtown. And my great-grandparents were born and raised in Barchtown. My grandmother grew up in Barchtown. And my grandmother transitioned a few months ago. But my family has had a huge influence, um, especially my great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mom. And my grandmother owned a business. She was uh, had a very successful restaurant in the early 60s in Louisville, Kentucky. And so, you know, usually during the holidays, it can be a sad time, especially missing loved ones. But I'm celebrating and thinking about all that my, you know, grandmothers have instilled in me. My grandmother's name is Mary Rose. That's why I have the Rose Craft Ice mm-hmm. Cube in my glass. And um, as I have been thinking about and doing all of my year end wrap up, looking at what was on my vision board at the beginning of the year and where I am in relation to accomplishing those goals, I'm even more motivated thinking about the incredible legacy that I am walking in the footsteps of my grandmother. And so as I look back, I'm also looking forward in terms of what I want to accomplish. And I have set a theme for the new year and that theme will drive everything that I do professionally and personally. So yes, you're you're absolutely right. It's about having a strategy. It's about having that vision, but it's also taking the time to reflect and you know, just show gratitude for what has been accomplished and those key people who have been a part of my life. Um, you know that you know, I attribute some of that success to. Wow, there's so much to unpack in all that. Uh, <laughs> first, I'll say happy 21st birthday. I'm glad you oh, can finally you. drink. So, um, you can finally share a dram. Um, <laughs> And 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 I'll, I'll say as you were as you were talking about celebrating you know successes, you know part of my brain was reflecting on is the lean community naturally good at that, or are just some new voices in the lean community good at that? And I, I think it's more the latter. I I, I think you know I, I know myself. I'm I'm horrible at that, and it's not about mm-hmm. not about me. It's just that I think there's almost historically been a fairly pragmatic pragmatism in, in lean that just kind of is make an improvement. What's next, make an improvement. What's next. Right. Kind of what's the gap. Yeah. What's the gap. And, and whether it's right or whether it's useful or helpful or productive, doesn't, I mean, all of those things can be true at the same time, but there is true value in celebration. And I think there has been an increase in voices like your own that has made the idea of celebrating small wins much more, much more prevalent. Would you, would you agree with that assessment? You you know, I agree with that assessment. And the other thing that I think about is what we, and when I say we, we in the lean community, those in the business community, Uh, wherever people find themselves doing work, regardless of the industry. These past two years with the pandemics have had an impact on us. And you hear more talk about the need for self-care and the importance of prioritization of what really matters. And, you know, I know something you often hear me talk about and, you know, Mark and I on some of the things we've collaborated on, the importance of demonstrating respect for people. 
And, and part of that goes back to the need to take that time to celebrate. Recognizing, yes, it's important to look at those gaps and understand where we are and, and where we're trying to go. But what's equally important is taking the time to celebrate what has been accomplished. Um, a number of businesses and organizations have had to pivot things that they had planned, you know, the unexpected surprises that that COVID has introduced in terms of, you know, hybrid and virtual workspaces where people had to be very creative and think on their feet. And, you know, everyone deserves a pat on the back for how flexible and nimble we have been in these spaces. And so I, I really think that is what has had an impact as, again, people begin to take inventory on what's most important. And, and those are our colleagues and those are our team members. And, you know, just celebrating what has been accomplished in spite of fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. DeAndre, I wanted to ask you, you know, you talk about your theme for a year, a theme for 2022. Is that something you, you can share or do you keep that kind of close to the vest? Oh, no, absolutely. We're amongst friends here in the Lane community. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. and we're definitely a sharing group. So yeah. my theme for 2022, and as a matter of fact, uh, of course, I have to tie it into my strategic visioning process. But my theme is laser focus. And especially as it relates to what it is that I do from a, a career professional consulting standpoint, Again, continuous improvement is so important to me. Lean is very important. Demonstrating respect for people. Um, but where I am concentrating all of my energy and effort is working with organizations to advance their diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies so that we cultivate environments and workspaces that boost inclusivity, where people can genuinely bring their whole selves to work and can be innovative and be involved in the process to accomplish the strategic goals and make process improvements and to develop the employee. So I'm heavily leaning into that theme of laser focus as it relates to advancing the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion and having that intersect with what it is that we apply and we practice in continuous improvement. Uh, the whole idea of having uh, a theme uh, is in its in its own right is is pretty pretty powerful because mm -hmm. it's you know there's some practices that talk about having one goal right what's the one thing you're focused on and and that's not always a tangible measurable thing but. Mm -hmm the idea of it being a theme that you can then weave into almost every single day of what you're, what you're doing is, is pretty powerful. And I know for me, uh, you know, I'm going into 2022 looking at, you know, this isn't a theme, but it's, mm -hmm. it's looking at some of the places where I'm spending my time that I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I need to figure out what I want spend my time on more, more deliberately. Um, and I, and I'm pretty good at that to begin with, but, but I, I definitely have some gaps. So that's part of, part of the work I have to do, but a theme really cuts across, you know, giving reason or purpose to all the decisions you're making or on how to spend your time and how to ex as well as how to execute the things you spend your time on. Right. 
And, and Jamie, you just said one word that is so important is purpose, because we each have a purpose and why it is we're here and especially in the work that we do. And as you know, I, I practice what I preach in terms of the whole strategic visioning process that I lead. And I do that for myself. And I remember in 2020, my theme for the year was freedom. And what I found is that in every instance, I, you know, my vision board would call to me. And if I found myself in a situation where, or in an environment that I did not feel free to be creative and expressive and use all my talents 100%, those images would start, you know, running across my mind as if I was in the movie theater. And, and that pulled me. And that's what led to me, you know, going into business on my own and, you know, some of the other things that were accomplished. And um, so that that theme, that mantra, that area of focus is something that's so important. And I just can't wait to see all of the great things that are going to happen in 2022, not just for myself, but as I continue to work with great lean folks like you too, and other people in our community, and just all the amazing things that, are, that will be happening in the new year. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I love I love the the, the different themes and and just the again, the idea of that. I, what, there's one other thing I'm curious about, and and this this ties into reflection, celebration, mm-hmm. as well as you know going forward. You know, you talked about the legacy of of, of your family, and and some of what they've done, and and how you feel really sort of honor in in building on that. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of times people look back at success in their in their legacy as a as a burden, right? Uh, as an overhang, as a uh, can I live up to that uh, versus build on it? And and so I'm always very interested in that, especially as I deal with family businesses where mm-hmm. um, the passing on of that legacy is is is, is operationalized in the form of a business. Mm-hmm. And and so I, your 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 attitude towards it, as as it is to quite frankly almost everything, is is tremendously positive. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm just curious: is that is there is there a secret to taking that legacy and making it a positive versus a a negative and a burden? Is that just you, or is there is there something to it that's that's you know a- analytical or helpful for others to do the same? You know, Jamie, I'm not sure how to answer that. I'm not sure if it's analytical. I don't know if it's the case that it's something unique with my family, but I feel like it's not. Because when I think about the legacy of my family members, of course, they had monumental, huge success, but they also had dips, which, you know, reminds me of Mark's podcast, My Favorite Mistake. You know, they definitely had some mistakes. And, you know, they were transparent and sharing those with me and, you know, cautioning and and giving me advice about different road bumps or different uh, low points that I might encounter, but they encouraged me to continue to move through that. And, you know, the, the thing that one of the reasons that my family is so inspiring to me and why I am so just adamant and excited about the message of inclusion, because that's what's been instilled in me since I was a little bitty girl. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I, uh, I know this is audio, so in, in case no one can tell, I'm a Black woman. 
and I'm also full figured. And so most of my life, even as a child, I have been a person of size. And my grandmothers and my mom would, you know, tell me, you can accomplish anything. You're beautiful. Don't pay attention to what, you know, is on the cover of magazines. You can do anything. And and even when I would have pitfalls or, or things didn't go as planned, they were always, and my mom continues to be, my biggest cheerleader. And they're, they're, they remind us of the history of success we have in our family and how I'm part of that. And that even if I don't do anything else, they're already proud of me. So, you know, no matter what feedback or reviews I may receive from the world, I have such a supportive foundation in my family and even in my friends. I am, I'm very fortunate. I have some very good friends who are in the lean community and those who are um, have, ad, more advanced in the lean community and those who are new in their journey. And then you will often hear me talk about my sorority sisters. And that's another network that continuously pours into me and encourages me and supports me. So that's, you know, I feel like I stand on the shoulders of greatness, past and present. And Mm -hmm. that gives me the excitement, the motivation, the creativity to keep moving on to the next one, because I want to do the same for the generation that's coming um, in terms of my colleagues, children, and how I can influence them, children in my own family, so on and so forth. Well, well, that's a I don't want to ask another question because that's too beautiful to, (laughs) (laughs) we've got it. We've got to end on that. That's just, uh, no wonder you're so good at celebrating. Um, that's, that's quite the, uh, quite the attitude and and upbringing and, and, uh, uh, what what a wonderful thing to celebrate. So that's, that's a fantastic story. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. And you know, if I can encourage the listeners, the holidays can be a heavy time and, and just, I just really strongly request that you find one thing. It does not matter how big or how small it is. Find one thing to celebrate and and turn it into a whole party Hmm. in that celebration. Yep. That's That's uh, great. Good advice. And, you know, celebration is more than, you know, drinking a whiskey. It's uh, (laughs) it's having, having a reason to, and, or finding a reason to, which is really your advice. So. That's that's fantastic. Well, we we wish you uh, the very best over the holidays. Your 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 best celebrations, and of course, a wonderfully laser focused twenty twenty two. Thank so, you. Cheers! Cheers to you. Cheers to you, James and Mark. Happy holidays, and wishing you all the best in the new year. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Same to you. Okay. Bye. 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 All right, we have our okay. third guest. Third, I'm going to third click guest who has to follow that. <laughs> admit, and uh, we'll do the Zoom delay. Have a sip of whiskey. There he is. And we hey, Chris. got Chris Chris Burnham here. Gentlemen, you guys look good. I mean, I know the other folks that are listening to the recording don't get the benefit of <laughs> seeing the video, but I mean, you look relaxed. You look uh, composed. You look like you've Interviewed two people before I me. DeAndre said Jamie looked relaxed because he's chilling on a couch. I'm like in my dust chair, but I have a whiskey. <laughs> we, yeah. we do so, both have whiskeys. Yeah. So um, 
proof of proof of finishing a bottle mm. to, in, in the sense of in your, you guys recognize the shape here I for, do. Uh, of course I saved this for really special uh, occasions and as you can see, I've had a lot of special occasions this year and, <laughs> and I'm finishing on a high note. Yeah. Good. So well, while he's opening that, um, we're, we're joined here by Chris Burnham. He is a senior lean strategy director with Kinexus. And as, do you want to as well tell, as as well as a podcaster in his own right? The Lean Leadership Podcast rebooted, restarted, rejuvenated. Yeah, there was a sip of that this year for uh, the Bur- Blantons. Yeah, bourbon fueled. So yeah, you finished off that Blantons. I almost, I was I had of the bottles. I was maybe going to open. I was I was maybe going to open a Blantons, but I ended up going with a little recap here. I opened. A Yamazaki 12 that I nice stupidly well found at the local grocery store for retail price. So yeah. not stupidly, yeah. uh luckily. Luckily, yeah. yeah, it's my stupid luck. But it it, it ama- it's amazing what happens when you ask the question. Like uh the local liquor store here in Tennessee, they never put the Blantons out on the shelf. It doesn't, mm. it just doesn't get an opportunity to get there. And I actually went on in on Kentucky Derby Day and it was in the evening and I said, Hey, look, I imagine a lot of people haven't been very nice today about asking if you have this, <laughs> but I know that if I don't ask, you can't tell me no, but um, is there any way possible that maybe somebody ordered a bottle and they haven't come picked it up yet? And it, there's one available. She goes, that's the nicest anyone has ever asked me. I'll go to the back <laughs> and take a look. And she goes, there's one bottle left. And, uh, and, and that was my uh, Chris Voss never split the difference loading an accusation on it. When you ask for a bottle of whiskey, win of the year right nice that's great My, mine's a lesson around i guess you have to go through life with your eyes open and you have to walk down the whiskey aisle both mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and 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 know enough know enough whether you're getting had or whether it's a good deal yes <laughs> yeah it's a little there's a little experience-based expertise in that decision as well so um well, because say even with the Blantons, the second question is, well, what's what's your price? But I assume the price was fair. I I I I paid what was normally list for them. I did not pay a premium, so okay. I was um, more than fifty, less than a hundred. All right. Yep. And and you know I, I think once you get into good bourbon, you know you you you, you start finding uh, some. Not, not that there's any, you know, there's, of course, a huge difference between 50 and 100. But quite frankly, once you get into that range, you start splitting the differences uh, around around the price. And, and it's sort of a wasted exercise. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just you're in that range. And you're probably buying a pretty good, pretty good yeah. bourbon. And, and, and that's that's good enough. I, I think all of us are mature enough to, to recognize that when you buy a really good bottle, you're really purchasing the experiences that you're going to have with your friends over that said bottle of whiskey and not, um, Oh, look at me. I've, I've got a, another pretty bottle on my shelf collecting dust. It's really, what am I going what am I going to get out of this investment? And for me, it's, I enjoy them when my friends are over and say, Hey, have you tried this and watching yeah. them experience uh-huh. it with me? Right. Yeah, I had, uh, my oldest bottle was a 28 year old scotch that, uh, uh, that I is gone now, but, uh, but I, I, I really, I really did enjoy pouring it for others. Um, and, 
I'd have to say I, I only poured glasses for my own special occasions and then and then to share with others. And and even at that, it took a while to to to, to finish that bottle, mm-hmm. but uh, eventually off it went. But well, I, I'm the the backup bottle that was that was not close to being finished that I that I thought about because I was considering what I get. I I really love Irish whiskeys. Ever since mm-hmm. I went to Ireland, um, my mm-hmm. dad is a Scotch guy, and I love Sc- I love single malt Scotch, but um, the Irish whiskeys just once you tour the Jameson Distillery and you see where all of the Jameson in the world is born, mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of hooked, right? And uh, you recognize that uh, how the the process of how they use the anthracite instead of peat, and that gives a different smoke and and the distillation mm-hmm. process. I've got a bottle that was given to me by uh, one of my friends of a, of Jameson 18 year. And mm. man, that is, that, that's, it's good stuff. I, right? I don't think I've it, had the 18. Uh, um, well, now I know what to bring the next time. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that ends up in the suitcase or the carry on. Well, I can't carry it on. I guess I'll have to ship can't, it. Uh, can't yeah. carry it on. A checked yeah. bag. or You can the, check a bag. But, so uh, if we're uh, hopefully that's custom we're, critical to Texas, or if you guys are in Tennessee, we'll figure it out, yeah. right? <laughs> well, well, hopefully the January Kinexus team meeting is in person in Austin, and I'll see you there, Chris, and I can bring you a bottle of uh, the Garrison Brothers barrel, which I don't mean to tease Jamie about that. I want to see Jamie in person at some point next year and give him a bottle too. But yes. I'm I'm excited about this. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the best uh, at this point. Really good whiskey is about experiences with your friends and the people yeah. that you care yeah. about. Yeah. So well, we've uh, been, you know, we've been finishing bottles and you know and starting bottles. So that's you know kind of our theme is either finish a bottle, or start a bottle, just like we're finishing the year and starting a new year. And, was that um, the rye? Was that the larceny rye that you showed? Um, because no, that's really the, their rye is really good. I didn't know they had the, a rye. I didn't know either because I thought it was all weeded bourbon. Uh, but it's it's uh, no, this is their small batch uh, weeded bourbon. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I hung on to this because I did enjoy it. It's and it's it's really really good for the price for sure. Um, now before we before we get into end of year start of year stuff, do you want to finish your second bottle, Jamie? Is that what you were hinting at? So, so I yeah I do have I yeah I did <laughs> since I needed a second glass and there was really only one pour in in the larceny. I did I did also uh, finish. <laughs> I had a few bottles I needed to finish, so I also finished uh, or just poured the finish of a uh, of the Willet Pot Still Reserve Bourbon. Um, there's still a splash little, in there. Yeah, the, uh, there's a spider in that bottle. You probably need to. Yeah, there, kill there it, is. But, yeah. It, 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 it dripped down after I had poured, so I'll yeah. have to. I'll what what I love it. about it is, um, you and I both have uh, distinguishing bottles that have had they had no label. You would know exactly what was in it. Uh, oh, absolutely. From the shape of the, yeah, uh, that's absolutely. Yes. I mean, I might spy this as. A Japanese whiskey bottle, like the Suntory line uses. Yes. I mean, I guess it's mm-hmm. not that. I don't know how unique of a bottle that is. It's it doesn't look like a bourbon bottle. It no. it could pass yeah. as a single malt bottle. It's more scotchy. Yeah. There's a kind of bulb. Scotchy, scotchy, scotchy. Yeah, <laughs> this is great audio. We're we're pointing to physical features of our bottles, yeah. but it's got that bulb in the neck, like a Balvenie bottle has a similar thing. Yes, like yeah, no, that that it it could pass for a. I don't think you could just spot it and say 
ah, oh, that's from Japan, but it, it wouldn't, it's not a bourbon bottle. That's for sure. Heard. Um, yes. So, uh, so yeah, we've, we've been, we've been talking with folks tonight about, uh, wrapping up the year or starting the new year and, and having a, you know, a lean thought process around that. And, um, and, and, and so, uh, inviting you on to, to talk about your perspectives around how you, how you either wrap up the year or start off a new year, any, any tips, tricks, techniques, habits, routines that, that work for you. Yeah. I think the most important thing to think about when you're uh, entering a period of reflection is that uh, I've, I've come from the school of the end of a quarter is how did you wrap up each of your weeks? So if you're, if you're really diligent about weekly looking at, what things went right, what things went wrong. Did I, do I have a big three of things that I'm trying to accomplish each week? Um, are you setting aside time to have a business conversation with yourself mm-hmm. when it comes to work and at home, are you having a, uh, are you setting aside time to have a personal conversation with yourself about uh, your physical health, your food health, your relationship health, your spiritual health, your occupational health, but just uh, how you wrap up each of your weeks is how you wrap up your quarters. How you wrap up each of your quarters is really about how you wrap up your year. And I uh, I think that for folks that are really disciplined in this space, the best part about wrapping up a year and setting up a new one is there are no surprises. Like there, there should be nothing that surprises you at this point. And if you are a good – I play defense when it comes to my priorities and my schedules. So if something comes in and it's important – I note it, I write it down. And in my review time, I review it and I look at it. And so through the year, I'm really writing out my goals for the next year because they didn't fit into this year. So um, the other piece to it is having really good, meaningful, um, frank conversations with the people in your world. Like, so with Kinexus, Greg and I talk weekly um, about the things that are going on in at, at work that I'm responsible for and that I have influence over and that I, I can uh, have a perspective on this meaningful. But the cool part is we really talk about what's up for next year, next quarter, next month. And I think um, what I would tell folks is don't be afraid to dream about the future with others because it's really powerful. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it is when you get that shared ideal of how that goes with. So at work, it's uh, who's in your work world. And it can be a peer. It can be your leader. It can be someone who you serve as a leader. Uh, and then in your relationships, it's, uh, are you talking to your partner? Um, are you talking to your children as a, as a father? Like, um, I, Jamie, I know you, you've, you've had this, uh, you've, you are further ahead in this than I am, but I got kids <laughs> that are, now entering into that phase where they're talking about what am I going to be when I grow up? Mm-hmm. And so, um, Hey, if, if you've got, uh, taking a big goal, like going to college, how do you break that down into small goals? Like getting my ACT score, right? Okay. Now I got my ACT, uh, score. What am I going to do as a prep? How am, what routine am I going to get into from, uh, from that standpoint, as far as, um, thinking about what, how, how was my mental state as I approached that goal and my, Am I practicing? Am I exercising? Am I eating right? Am I, or am I just showing up and praying that I get the best score that I can get? You can do either one. It's his choice at this point. But um, I I think, uh, again, that goes with 
don't be afraid to dream about the future with others. And, and, and what that does is you give space to other people for their ideas. And when you connect with them, uh, it, it, it helps form out your goals. Um, I have a system. You have to have a system. Otherwise you're just by choosing not to have a system, you're saying, I'm going to just put it up to luck and not Mm -hmm. a lot of discipline. Uh, there's two things that I use every, uh, every year or every day. Um, I use Michael Hyatt's full focus planner for folks that can't see it on, but this is, this is the small, it's a book version. It's about the size of a, uh, it's a five by eight normal book. Uh, and being recognition that I am growing older, I moved to this version that's slightly <laughs> larger. It is, uh, it, it's, but it's a, a, a portfolio size. Um, and what it does is it forces me, it forces me to write things down. Um, there's thinking and there's think and ink. So when you write things down, um, it becomes real. I do use a friction, um, erasable pen. So you, you can make mistakes when you write, it's not, you know, you don't scratch it out. Uh, but I use that and I use the eraser a lot because I, my thinking evolves. And so my goals mm-hmm. evolve. So I use a combination with that. And then I also use Todoist. I love Todoist. Um, I love the recurring tasks. It's on my phone. It's on my computer. It's on my tablet. Uh, it's integrated with my email and I can set different projects. I can set different priorities. I can tag things. So if there's a project that deals with podcast and uh, Mark or Jamie, I can hashtag podcast project, tag the two of you, and I can search in a, a bunch of different ways. But the cool part is when you think about it, you can write it down and you can enter it into, and it, it becomes a recurring task. It, it can be something that, that that's out in time, but by, by just being really diligent and focused on those, it's, it, it keeps me focused. Yeah. The last thing that I would suggest for folks to check out is objectives and key results. I love OKRs. Um, I read measure what, Ma- uh, measure what matters by John mm-hmm. Doerr at Intel. Yeah. Great book. Um, it, it's my it's one of my favorite books that has measurement in the title, Mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's there's that and measures no, of success. Right? No, yeah. I've 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 after I read Measure What Matters, I've tried to propose to people that measures of success is a perfect follow-on because measure what matters is a critically important decision, but that book doesn't really cover what to do with the measure. Yes, agreed. Agreed. And measures of success does. So yeah. right. Uh, important book book club there'll be there'll be a link to get the book in the show notes page right if only i could get john Doerr to make that same recommendation (laughs) (laughs) because his word matters more than mine i think but um it depends on which circle you're floating around in but yeah maybe um to to his readers maybe yeah Yeah. He, he has more of them so he's he's a big he's a big deal but what i do love about objectives and key results is writing them out it forces you to think of, of what's my goal? How do I measure it? And in, in terms of what am I looking at to make sure if I'm successful or not? Uh, and then um, for me, I publish mine to everybody I work with at Kinexus. They can see mm-hmm. my objectives and key results. There's a, on my, on my division board in Kinexus, there is a hyperlink that people can click and see uh, objectives and key results for uh, Chris Burnham or for my, for my department. And uh, that holds me accountable to not only to myself, but to the people around me. And I do a check-in with myself on my OKRs every two weeks. I just look at them. Sometimes I don't do anything to update them because they are where they are. Other times when something happens, I, I, I give it an update. 
here's the cool part. When things come up that are important, but they don't fit my OKRs for that quarter, I keep a running list of future OKRs and I'll spend time to go through those and, and write out what a good objective and key result for that is at the time. And then at the end of the quarter or at the end of a year, like we are right now, it's all the, all the really hard stuff's already done, right? It, it, all the, all the hard work and writing out what's, what's for the future is done. And then um, the last thing is like, don't get suckered into the, the, the same goals that you write out every year that you don't follow through, like, like write meaningful objectives and, and how you're going to measure those and share them with folks so that they can help hold you accountable. I think that's, uh, that's the thing. At the end of the day, it comes down to what are your vital few versus your useful many. There are a lot of useful things for your time, but there are things that are vital to your time that if you do those things, all those other things kind of take care of themselves. Yeah. It's a, so you, you've really built quite the system and, and you've, you know, not stolen shamelessly because that's what these things are for to be used, but you've used these systems and integrated them to build your own more, more comprehensive system. You've made it highly transparent. Um, but a lot of it starts and, and, you know, return to the conversations you have with Greg, which you're referring to Greg Jacobson, CEO at Kinexus. Um, and, and these are my words, not yours, but I, I'd, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on this because this is what I took away from what you were saying is, you know, it's kind of easy to be a small person if you only have small conversations. Mm-hmm. You have to have the big conversations too. And, and, and that's what, provides the purpose and direction to all the other stuff. And and don't shy away from the difficult conversations or conversations that you perceive difficult. In my experience, I've learned that the conversations that I perceived as most difficult for me was because of the feedback I knew I was going to get in those. But just by when you, when you turn belly up and expose your vulnerabilities to the people around you that genuinely care about you, they're going to fill in the spaces for you. They're going to be honest with you. You're going to say, Hey, you're doing great on this, but I think you can improve in this area. They can, uh, they're, they're going to give you the, the feedback that you want. Um, but, uh, I mean, just, it's about setting aside the time and, uh, you know, having real decent conversation and conversations are two way. They're not one way. And mm-hmm. it's, um, prepare a list of questions like, Hey, how am I doing I, that? That that's a relationship secret right here. Hmm. On a regular basis, on a on an intermittent regular basis, it's a uh, hey, how are things? Like, how are you feeling? <laughs> that 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 goes a long way in opening space for feedback and advice. Do, do you have that in Todoist? That I'm reminder. Gonna, I, I can't. I, I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> whether or not that's in Todoist. And it wouldn't uh, but, be bad, but like, oh. no, um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, Objectives and key results, right? How do, how do I get to the key result? But no, uh, just um, it, it can't be prescripted and wrote. I mean, yes, there are some things that, that have to be that way. But uh, if you're having, uh, you, you, if you have really good emotional intelligence, you can judge when the time is right in work and at home about, hey, it's now a good time for me to ask a few questions mm-hmm. on, on how I can become better. Or I'm thinking about a few things for the upcoming year. I'd like your feedback uh, on these or what's really powerful is, Hey, what's important to you? 
I mean, I know, I know, I know what's important, what I perceive is important to me, but what's important to you? Like, and, and, um, asking questions that crystallize that in terms of, in terms of like the specifics about it, like, what does that mean? Okay. Tell me more. Uh, and what else? I mean, just those, those probing discovery questions, guys, the things that, much the same way, um, you know, you guys are mentors of mine and, and, and we have, we all follow the similar, similar people. The best leaders ask really good questions and they, they, they're not telling you things. They're just asking mm-hmm. questions. So like, who's in your circle? Uh, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So pick your board of directors well. And when you write out your goals, be prepared to present out your, uh, how you wrapped up the year. And how you intend to face the new year to that group, and if you've picked well, they're gonna they're gonna serve you well. Yeah. Well, we, we probably ought to wrap up soon, but but I I do want to ask this maybe last question of, you know, this this set of practices you have um, that that govern your work, um, and and that you plan into. You know, it wasn't like you just read a book and then boom, you implemented Mm-mm. them, right? They they, they came from different lessons and you integrated them and evolved them. How long just for, you know, for our listeners who, who need to develop their own practices, set of practices, over what time frame did these practices e- e- emerge and evolve for you? What, what was kind of the development time period of this set? I'd love to tell you guys that I've been great at this ever since I got out of college, but that would be a bold face patent lie. Um, I really, I would say the most development for me, Jamie, has been in the last 10 years. Uh, I was victim of the same command and control where I sat in a room yeah. and um, someone signed me up for a goal and basically uh, pointed my paycheck at my head and said, hey, are you going to achieve this or not? And you said, yeah, OK. Right. But um, I think uh, probably about four or five years ago is when I just committed to myself that I was going to write out my goals as opposed to just letting someone else write them out for me. Uh, and I started using the, um, the, the, the paper planner of keeping track of that. Mm-hmm. And then like the to do us was this year. Um, I, uh, peer of mine, Jeff Roussel, who's our, he's our chief revenue officer. He, he calls it the secret weapon. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, he, he showed me how he did it with, with the to do us and, um, said, Hey, look, whatever you choose to do, that's great. Just remember that whenever something fails or we miss something, we're going to go back and look at your system first because we're easy on people, hard on the process. So what's your process for how you go about doing this? And um, I, I I gave it an honest try and I loved it, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and yeah. it was nowhere on my radar. So it's just a good example of someone who's in your world that cares about you and you ask how they plan, uh, how it incorporates. And now it's part of my system. Like, it, it will be part of my system for the rest of my professional life. And I think the other lesson is just, you know, this, this stuff does, you don't have to hit a home run of having these routines the first time out, just, you know, try something, add to it, evolve it. It's okay. If it takes 10 years, um, it's, it's all an evolution of, of personal improvement. So I, I would uh, have to give credit to my dad, Dr. Steve Burnham, like homage here. Um, I, dad's a full professor of surgery uh, was, and now he's retired and he taught problems in medicine for third and fourth year students. And as a kid, I remember that whenever I said something to my dad, um, about an event or something that was important to me, 
Uh, or it could have been something as simple as, hey, dad, we're out of orange juice. He would reach into his pocket and he'd pull out this piece of paper and a pen and he would write that down. And he would, it, it, but I knew when it was on the list, it was on, it was on, right? It, it was set. And still to this day, with all the technology in the world, good old Dr. Steve, he's got, he has a pen, he's got a piece of paper and he writes it down on his list. And that's, that's his system mm. and it works for him. And he's, he's got a lot of success. So, uh, don't don't get lost in the 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 fancy bells and whistles. Like whatever viable system works for you, make it work. Right? Mm-hmm. Just don't miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fantastic, Chris. Appreciate you sharing. Um, wish you the the very best in in wrapping up the year and kicking off new ones. And we'll uh, just a little toast to you. Cheers, Slancha. Right? And and cheers. Is lean whiskey? Is lean whiskey in its thirties now? Are we are we in in the thirties for episodes? Episode thirty one. Episode thirty one. Thirty one was a good year for me. I hope it's equally as good uh, as good as an episode for uh, your listeners. But um, it's it's good for Mark and I. So that's 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 good enough, guys. I really, I mean, obviously, you guys have been a major influence in my lean career and my development. Thank you, first of all, but. When you do stuff like this, you're proving out that it's all about the conversation. It's all about having a conversation and learning and developing and growing. And so if somebody gets one thing out of this, this three of us sitting here having whiskey and talking about our systems, we've done good in the world, right? Yeah. Um, and now it's somebody else's turn to take it and make it theirs. Well said. Sure. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you. Good night. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Be good. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you, Chris Burnham. So we've Jim Benson, DeAndre Wardell, and Chris Burnham. Pretty cool. That worked out. Yeah, it worked out great. Um, Another experiment uh, in the books. Um, Three three guests uh, took a little coordination, and 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 we're definitely over schedule in our in our relaxed lean whiskey. you know, but you don't drink whiskey on a schedule, right? That's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole idea of this show is, is we don't, we don't have a running, we, we do know what time we started, but we, we don't really have a running clock on the, uh, on, on the agenda here. Um, and that, well, that's, that, that's okay. I mean, hopefully people are listening in a relaxed way. Like they're, they're, they're cleaning out their garage with AirPods in their ears or something. Who knows, you know? Yeah, I know. I know people have listened on commutes and travels and and runs and 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 hopefully a few actually have enjoyed a whiskey either during or after um, yeah. an episode. So, so whether we are background noise or you are actively listening, thanks for listening. <laughs> we really do appreciate that. So, Jamie, did so- you want to add? Anything about sort of, you know, end of year, beginning of year thoughts and practices? Yeah, I think, I think you and I can each maybe do that briefly. Um, you know, since we're, we, we are, I don't want to say we're running long because and we don't, we're not running against the standard, but, yeah. but, but, uh, yeah, for, for me, th- there are a couple of things that are routine. Um, you know, I, I always try to get my inbox to zero, uh, be- before I'll say Christmas break. Um, that, that clears the mind as well as, of course, the email itself. There's, there's nothing feeling, you know, really undone at that point. Um, 
in that regard, uh, I, I definitely take time to do some, you know, a higher dose of reading during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for me, it's, it's less about routine and more about just taking a moment to do some deep work. Um, and, and that can change from year to year. You know, what deep work needs to be done uh, might be some more reflection, like, what the hell am I doing <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, with my life? Uh, it, it could be, uh, you know, more planning, like, you know, coming into this year, I had, I knew I had a book to get out. So what's that going to take? And, and where do I want to go with this? And, and all of that. So, so it, it could be more planning oriented. Uh, you know, I know, I know this year I'm, I'm planning to do some, uh, you know, a- analysis and, and sort of strategic decision-making around really how much client work do I want to do before, you know, cause I, at mm-hmm. many points, I don't want to overcommit and, and, uh, so, so where's my limit and, and how close am I, or am I already over that limit? So, yeah. uh, and you're going to start saying no to, uh, no to new conversations. So, but e- so each year it's a little different, but it's, it's always some, there's always some piece of deep work where I can kind of take advantage of a little bit of space between, you know, I'll say my last client meeting and my first client meeting and be in a reflective mood. And also, you know, in addition to the fact that there's physical space on my, on my, in my mind and on my calendar because of the gap in client meetings, I think there's also just around the holidays a reminder of what really is important. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, just, you know, being around family more, and especially, you know, up until recently, travel to three to four weeks a month. And so the holidays was like, that was my deep connection time. That was when I really connected with family because I was gone so much that it, it's like, okay, reflect when, when you're grinding, 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 and you're, you know, in another country and you're reflecting, you're probably reflecting about how to get more done. But I think when you're reflecting and planning around the holidays, it's perhaps the what's really important maybe enters into the con and en- enters right. into the thought like, process a little more. Like how to be home more. Like how to be home more. Absolutely. And and there's, you know, I, I know I haven't you know, unresponded to email in my inbox uh, about a, a little bit of work that involves travel and some planning time. And, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I keep dancing around it and I know the reason I'm dancing around it is because I don't really want to do it. <laughs> mm. And so I just, just say no. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, those are some of my, I'll say routines or practices. I don't want to say yeah. practices are probably a better term than routines, but it is a pretty powerful time of the year for me. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what about yourself? I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, like if I had been brought in as, as one of the guests here, I don't know if I would have had a great answer to this question. It's made me think and sort of reflect around more of what I should be doing. But I mean, I think one thing that's been helpful to me and I think is under, uh, often underappreciated is, let's say, the annual planning strategy A3. Like People often think of the problem solving A3, the reactive A3, but the strategy A3 format and, you know, people can find a template on the Lean Enterprise Institute website of of this kind of annual PDSA cycle of 
thinking back of, well, what was the current state of last year? Reflecting on what happened at a little bit higher level. What, what happened? What went well? What didn't go well? What was achieved? What went unachieved? And thinking about reflections and different actions for the next year, I think that can be helpful. The contrarian view in me says, well, you know, years are just arbitrary demarcations of time. Yep. That's not the only time when we should be stepping back and reflecting on what we should be doing less of and doing more of and what's working well or not working well. You know, Chris was alluding to that of, you know, the doing frequent right. check-ins. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I mean, one, one other kind of related point, though, as we go into the new year, this is not answering the exact question you asked, but a pet peeve of mine slash soapbox issue is when people start the new year, they end 2021 and let's say they have metrics up on their huddle boards or their strategy deployment walls or whatever they call it, showing the metrics of this year from January through November. Then we at some point update the December metrics. And I, you wouldn't believe how many organizations start 2022 with like literally a blank slate of like no historical reference to what was the performance over the last 12 months. Because like it or not, January 2022 is the continuation of 2021's system. So right. I, I've blogged about this and so maybe we can put a link in the show notes. But my my short version of the rant is like, like, don't start the year with blank charts. Your metrics should be, if anything, do a rolling 12 months and let data points fall off the chart month by month. Yeah. Right. I would argue for maybe 18 or 24 months, but either way, thinking of life as kind of rolling schedules as opposed to just annual yep. chunks, batches of time. Yeah. And, and I think for performance and anything that matters, I think that's, that's true. And I think it's certainly true for, for, for companies and organizations is the mm-hmm. idea of the continuous nature uh, where it really is just an arbitrary, it's, you know, What's the difference between December 31st and January 1st? Well, just one more midnight, right? I mean, I mean, um, there are some in some dimensions, like, yeah, new tax year, but yeah. So sure. Those- well, for some companies, <laughs> but for an awful lot of for organizations, some. it's you know, you know, April 1st or October 1st. I, I think, and I think this is where there's a difference. For organizations, I I believe perhaps more in the you know, continuous, you know, the pattern of reflection and, and strategy building and budgeting and all these other things. I think for individuals, there is a a, a bit of a, a different psychological aspect to the, the turning of the calendar. So from a performance management standpoint, it's just one more day, right? Whether it's your diet or your performance or uh, whatever whatever you're measuring, it's still just all a continuum. But from a reflective, you know, sort of step back and think, think uh, moment, it, it, it does provide a little more impetus to uh, mm-hmm. perhaps think deeply uh, for, from that regard. But yeah. um, but in the end, uh, it is just just another another turning of the calendar, one day after the mm-hmm. next, and yeah. and and we can't be good on January first. And, you know, figure out we didn't get where we wanted to on December 31st. Um, And then, you know, go just go forward with blind optimism. We have to have purposeful, pointed, planned optimism with something behind it. So, yeah, I'm I'm having a flashback to the old um, 
cartoon of the day calendars, whether it was the far side yes. or Dilbert and the stack of paper shrinks as the year ends and you're down to the last cartoon of the year. And then yep. plop the new one down 365 days of cartoons ahead. Yeah. So. And I would never, I would always get like, I'd, I'd, I'd see one I want to buy in, in February and I'm like, Oh, I can't, I, I can't <laughs> only get 11 months out of this thing. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, just, just so long. So, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So why don't we, uh, why don't we return to our whiskey with a little, um, a little fun question. Um, so, you know, I actually finished two bottles and they, they both actually had perfect pours, you know, which is pretty unusual. I, I get two ounces, two ounces out of each. And I think we might've talked in a previous episode where I, I actually, even if I'm doing whiskey neat, I still measure just because it, it, it makes sure I know how much I'm drinking. I mean, with, with practice, I've gotten really good at doing like a two ounce free pour. Yeah. If you're, and especially if you're using and, the same glass, that, and, that helps a lot. And, and, and sometimes I'll go and measure just to see. So like, you know, with the Glencairn glass, I'm pretty sure that the widest part of the bulge in the glass is almost exactly two ounces. Yeah. So I'm in a hotel and I'm using their house wine glass. <laughs> um, hey, at least as, it's not as, a plastic cup. <laughs> it's not a plastic cup, but I have no idea where two ounces is. So, so it, you know, it helps to measure, but you know, sometimes you end up with, you know, there's half an ounce left in a, in a bottle or a, yeah. Uh, and just announce, and is that really a pour? Or what are you going to do? You can't make a mixed drink with that. So what do you, what do you do when there's just a, a, a little bit uh, left to finish a bottle? So uh, you, you have you have a little more thought behind this, or or, yeah. or practice so, behind this. So Jamie's framed the problem statement, and one countermeasure would be just drink that little bit and then pour something else. The other right. countermeasure solution statement is called an infinity bottle where you just basically pour and mix and create your own blend within a bottle. So you, you just started doing this, right? I don't mean to, uh, that, that sounded like yeah. a criticism. Sorry. No, no, I just, <laughs> I just started like, you know, cause I had all these bottles that needed, you know, I kind of needed to clean some things up. I had just a little bit left in a bunch of bottles and actually I, for several of them, I'm like, Oh, let me pour them into a cocktail and you know, a little bit of rye here. And I had some bourbon mm-hmm. over there and, I had some, some monkey shoulder blended whiskey. So I made a rusty nail and there'd be like half an ounce left. And so I, I finally started an infinity bottle. Um, now I, and I started reading up on this and, and for some, they, they really treat an infinity bottle, like as if your, your library, your shelf was fairly static. I mean, you're always buying the same things and you're really going to control a consistent measured set of, of high quality blended whiskeys into a bottle. And, and so that that bottle is, is really, really good, but also, you know, quite frankly, tuned rather than a mm-hmm. surprise. Yeah. And that's definitely not the approach I took. Uh, what I took the approach of is if I had less than an ounce and a half in a bottle, it went in mm-hmm. <laughs> And and so I have about seven bottles of stuff at various different ratios in in my beginning affinity bottle. Now, are you are you going to taste them along the way or wait until it's full? So yeah, it's 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 probably an it's probably only enough that I could get three glasses out of it right now. So 
feel like it's not quite mm-hmm. ready for a taste. Um, uh, you know, I, I have it in a decanter. Um, uh, so uh, a, a, about a quarter of the way up. So I'm thinking when I get between a third and a half of a decanter, um, somewhere in there, it's probably good for a pour. And, and, and I know I'm taking a risk with that. And I'm pouring. Uh, now, now, generally, if I had a really expensive bottle of, of scotch, I'd probably go ahead and just pour a half ounce <laughs> sure. glass and drink well, it. But the one strategy with an infinity bottle is if you had something that you didn't really love, go ahead and try to combine it with something else and see if it becomes better. So I've I've taken sort of the serendipity approach as opposed to any plotted out strategy. Um, mm-hmm. There There is a book out there that I really like called Hacking Whiskey, which mm. has some like different, if you will, recipes for whiskeys that you can blend together that create something better than the sum of the parts. But um, or the sum of the parts is better than the parts. Anyway. Yes. Um, the uh, one other thing I've done, though is I, I downloaded, I found it online. It was a, a an Excel spreadsheet with macros. And then uh, there's also an app now. And I, I had an idea, like that could be an app. I didn't pursue <laughs> it, but I also thought, eh, man, I don't know how many people are doing infinity bottles. But either way, the idea is that if you want to measure and pour, okay, I've added two ounces of this at 50% ABV. Then I added three ounces of this at 47% ABV the spreadsheet or the app will track the relative volumes and the combined ABV. And if you were tasting along the way and you're like, oh my God, I've struck gold. This is the best tasting blend of whiskey ever that you could then have the information required to go back and recreate said <laughs> blend. Because then you know you decrement the bottle. It's an inventory management thing, which the, the supply right. chain guy in me loves that, okay, I've poured an ounce and a half of this whiskey And then the macro or the app knows I've now had 0.83 ounces of this and 0.2 ounces of that. And it keeps the relative blend, uh, assuming the liquid is mixed evenly in the bottle. But I think infinity bottles are a a fun thing to kind of play around with. Yeah. And, and, and I I think I'm definitely not taking it too seriously. I I, I think I, I I probably don't feel like I, I am, tracking what bottles I pour in, but not how mm-hmm. much. And, and, and I think I, I probably feel that there's low odds that I'll end up with something so good that I really feel compelled to go recreate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure. compared to things that I already love that I can just buy. So I, I think it'll be fair enough. A yeah. Fun experiment and we'll see what we get. And if at some point the bottle turns to, to garbage, then, uh, then I'll, 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 I'll really, I'll really pour it into some heavily blended drinks and drink it anyway, probably. But mm. it's, it's a fun, again, if, if you just have a few drops left, it's, it's a, it's a fun alternative to just well, pouring an ounce and down in it. Well, I mean, especially it seems like if you've got a very small amount of a heavily peated whiskey, adding that small amount to what you already have, it's interesting to see how that influences it. Yep. So we'll see how, We'll see how my infinity bottle goes. You've got a you've got a couple of those and some tracking and some fun, um, and it's an it's an alternative to like you said, just pouring yeah. an ounce, downing it, and, and uh, playing it's playing with your whiskey. Just one more excuse to <laughs> right. to call it a hobby instead of just a, a habit. For sure. 
All right, All right. I think well, that brings us to the end. Yeah, Jamie, thank you for uh, being the ringleader for today's episode and, and for bringing that idea to fruition. It was great to be joined by Jim Benson, DeAndre Wardell, and Chris Burnham. Uh, if you want to check out other episodes or find um, show notes and more, you can go to leanwhiskey.com. You can spell whiskey with a K-E-Y or a K-Y, and that forwards to my page on leanblog.org for the podcast, or you can go to Jamie's website at... Yep, at jflinch.com slash leanwhiskey. And you know, I encourage you, you know, if this is your first time listening and you want more of this, please subscribe. You can look for us on... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon. You can probably say, hey, Alexa, play Lean Whiskey. I think I don't have an Alexa device, but you, I, I don't either. I can't test can that. Somebody test that out. I, I bet you can do that. Yeah. And, and please do, you know, rate us, review us, follow us. Uh, you know, the, these ratings and, and follows really do help other people find podcasts. They, they help us. We do appreciate the feedback. As you can tell, we practice continuous improvement. We like to experiment. So if you even have an idea, a question, a topic, an idea, whatever it is, please share it. Uh, we, we love to hear it from you. And uh, with that, until the new year, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.